Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and I am here today with a special interview with Susie Rosenstein. Welcome, Susie. Hi, Tori. I'm so excited to be here. Super psyched. I am glad you're here because I got a question today that I could really use your help with because sometimes, you know, I get these questions and I have tons of things to say, and sometimes I'm a little lost and I thought it would be great to have you on to answer today's question. Can you tell everyone what your website is and kind of who you work with? Absolutely. So I am a midlife coach. And what that basically means is that midlife women are my jam. And I like to focus on helping uh, midlife women get excited about their lives again. Because as so many of us know, aging is not for the faint of heart. And some of us can get a little freaked out by aging. And so there's a combination of things that happens in midlife. Midlife, by the way, is more of a stage than an age. Uh, It really has to do with what's going on in your life and significant transitions. Although people often do think about it at 40 to 45 to 60 to 65, but it's really more about stage. But there's so many transitions. There's menopause. There's empty nest or emptying nest. There's scary milestone birthdays, 40 or 50 or 60. (laughs) And all that sort of stuff can really combine to put you into what I call a midlife funk as well as aging parents and split responsibilities. Like there's really so much. Mm -hmm. So I call this phase a midlife funk and it happens classically when you are a woman in the middle. (laughs) And that is the name of Susie's podcast, which is really good. And I highly recommend you check out Women in the Middle podcast. So let me read today's question because today's question is actually talking about midlife friendships and the changes that happen to our friends when kids kind of get older. Well, I'll read you this question. It says, my teenagers are getting older and more independent. I know I need to let go, but I'm having a hard time with it. I think what scares me the most is being alone. So many of my friendships have formed through their activities, soccer moms, theater moms, etc. I'm already noticing a drop in my social life since my daughter got her driver's license. I need a strategy to make and maintain friendships at this new stage of my life. Any ideas? So that's why I called Susie. Oh my gosh, that's such a great question because... It really is noticeable what happens when you are basically in a different routine. Once your kids don't need you to schlep around anymore and you're not doing carpools and you're not, you know, going into the school and you're not sitting there watching absolutely everything they do all the time on the regular. So things do shift. And it's interesting that your listener wrote that because it is related to one of the top regrets that people have as they age, that their friendships are not what they thought they would be at this phase of their life. And what I really think is going on, aside from the obvious, is that we have forgotten how to exercise that friendship muscle. It's kind of like friendships 
And just like being in the same vicinity of other amazing women, they became so easy. We didn't have to make an effort. We just were chit chatty and smiling. And we would talk about the kids. That was the easiest thing in the world to talk about. And making friends and having people come and go in your life. It was just pretty easy for about 20 years, right? 15, yeah, 20 years with the kids. So we totally forgot how to do that. And then the other thing that I see going on is that in general, we have not been intentional about our relationships in decades. And it is something I work on with my clients very significantly. The way I think about friendships is actually beyond just acquaintances and people you would actually call friends. I think about the whole friend category in three different areas. It's really not the friend category. It's the relationship category. So there are relationships with your inner circle peeps. So these are your kids, your parents, your siblings, the people closest to you, your spouse, your partner, the like A-list people, not that you'd ever say that in public. And uh, the inner circle. (laughs) I call them the inner circle. And I actually did a whole podcast episode on that. There's inner circle. And then there is the friendship category. So these are acquaintances, and friends, maybe work colleagues, but people that aren't as close as those inner circle peeps, but they are definitely a part of your life. And then the third level of people in your life are the people, it sounds like Mr. Rogers, but the people in your neighborhood. (laughs) This is like community-based contacts and connections. So Mm -hmm. they might be the church, they might be the grocery store people that you see all the time, or the pharmacist, or any of the people that are in your, your regular circle. Maybe you're in a walking group and you see people, you don't really know their names, but you're very comfortable when you're there. Or maybe you're, you do a hobby or you take a class. So the people in your neighborhood, loosely defined people that you interact with in your community also really affect your connectedness, the way, how the extent to which you feel connected. So there's all kinds of people that we need in our lives at one level or another, but we've forgotten how to create this for ourselves. And we haven't been intentional for a very long time. So even with our inner circle peeps, especially with empty nest kids getting ready to leave or if they've gone and flown the coop already, like for you to actually think about how you want to show up in that relationship with a lot of intention. So it might be like, okay, my kid is leaving. My kid is a young adult now. Oh my goodness. I need to shift into being a parent of a young adult. What does that mean? What was it like with my mother? Is that what I want? How am I showing up on autopilot? Is that what I want in a couple of years? Am I going to have any regrets? All of that sort of thing is related to being much more intentional about relationships, not just making new friends, but being much more intentional about the women and the people in general in your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm curious, like as she was talking about, like I'm scared to be alone. Mm. And I guess what's coming up for me as you're talking is how do I know which circle I should focus on? If I'm going to exercise a friendship muscle, how do I know which one I'm maybe missing the most of? Should I focus on my inner circle, my outer circle, my community, my neighbors, or that middle zone of, you know, kind of more friends? Like, is there a way to tell which one you feel like you need more of? Well, this is a question. It's a great question. And I would just really focus on connecting with what I'm thinking and feeling. What is the gap? What am I missing? What do I want more of? 
And, you know, what do I want more of is another giant area that we've forgotten how to think about. It's really what do I want in my life? And, and, you know, most of us are just so busy being super moms and in that chaotic blur of a decade or two that we're not intentional about that either. So when you think about friendships, what comes to mind? Is it a vacation with a girlfriend? Is it having a dinner with a with somebody that you're close to, but it's not distracted with a bunch of kids? Is it right. somebody that you can always call? So first, it's really just thinking about what it is that you're missing and what it is that you want. Mm-hmm. So notice how you're feeling and remember that your thoughts create your feelings and then they're always connected. So some of us think more about the feelings like a desire or a loss. And some of us are more cognitive about the whole exercise. So right away, when I think about that question, I think about my best friend from high school and I think about being on vacation with her. Like I never think that I have that enough in my life. And actually on my 50th birthday, six years ago, I did decide like that image came to mind very clearly. You know what? I need to be more intentional about this or it's never going to happen. Getting together once every three years is not what I'm looking at. I would like this sort of thing to happen once a year. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I went away without kids with my husband. We had been waiting and waiting and waiting. It was our 10th or 12th anniversary, like it was well into our marriage. We had never been away without kids. And we got one night for that, whatever anniversary that was. (laughs) Precious night. (laughs) At a hotel downtown. It was like a staycation. And then finally, they all went to camp at the same time. They find that little one finally was at overnight camp. It was our 15th wedding anniversary or something like that. And we find it was our 15th. And we finally got two weeks and we went on vacation and we had forgotten how to be romantic. Like we'd forgotten how to hold hands while you're walking around the city. We just, it wasn't natural anymore. And that experience really showed me that all kinds of relationships aren't intentional. Like you could even be thinking about your mom or your sibling and go, you know, why aren't I talking to my mom more often? Or I always did want to take that cruise to Alaska and it never happened. And oh my God, look at my age. When's that going to happen? Well, it's not going to happen by accident. That's for sure. Okay. That's kind of living life on, on default. Totally. And I think as you're talking about like, you know, what you, what did you want? Like was a vacation with your best friend. I think for me, it's becoming clear that what I want is more of the acquaintances or that second, I guess, tier of like, I want someone to go for hikes with on the weekends. I want someone to get my nails done with, like, I don't care. I go grocery shopping with a friend. But I, I think for me, that's more of what I'm yearning for because I do have such like my, I have deep personal you know, relationships with a few people, but I'm an extrovert and I need the like quantity sometimes over, over that intimate quality, you know? So it's like, just kind of hearing you talk about it's helping me figure out like, yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking for at this stage because kids kind of fill that gap for me. You know, they're, they're always around They're you know, they're just, there's someone you know, you're driving them in the car every day and you're going to their well, for me, I'm going to lots of volleyball games <laughs> and I talk with the other moms. And so in the bleacher, so I get that acquaintance thing, but I noticed for sure when my son went away to college, it was like this huge drop off in that. And I can, you know, now with having a teenager, when they're little, 
I, I don't know if everybody does this, but we would in our culture, my daughter's, you know, friends and stuff, when we went to pick them up or drop them off, we would walk into the person's house or at least go up to the front door and say hello and then chat for a minute. And now that they're teenagers, we just text them from the car and be like, I'm here. And nobody comes up to the door anymore when they pick their, you know, daughters up from my house. And I totally noticed that. Yeah. This was like even just five minute interactions. Hey, how are you seeing your face? You know, what's going on with your kids? And that's really where I'm the guy missing. And so this client maybe can listen to your story and my story and kind of figure out like which aspect, which circle is kind of where she would like to fill in that gap and be more intentional about it. And I also hear what you're saying is that I'm definitely guilty of is the expectations that we have are what cause us to be, have such a hard time with this face because yes, like I'm sure you expected to go on vacation with your husband after 15 years of marriage and to have it be just like romantic and wonderful and easy and we don't expect it to be hard, you know? It was so weird. I've got three kids. I'm actually, I'm like a boomerang empty nest. So what happened was my, I was empty nest for a very short period of time. Oh. My three sons left and now two are back. <laughs> I'm sure that happens. So that? that's another whole thing. But yeah, when, um, sometimes when I have a sister, I have four sisters. And when I have a sister visiting, but nobody lives local. If I have a sister visiting or a friend visiting, sometimes we do end up at the mall or doing something really mundane together. And it is so pleasurable. (laughs) I really relate to what you're saying, because even going to the drugstore with a buddy is fun. It's really, really fun. So, yeah, that's what's really important is just give yourself the space to think about what it is that you want. And don't deny it, like just except that's what I want. And then the other thing that I find us, many of us doing is then it's related to expectations is we expect somebody else to give it to us. We expect to get it from somebody else. And really being intentional means you just embrace what it is that you want and then you make it happen. So if uh, remember that friendliness or that relationship muscle that I was talking about earlier on, if you want more acquaintances you have to really think about it. Okay, well, where are these people going to come from? Can I pursue some of the relationships that I have and in like amplify them? Maybe be the person who invites somebody to go for a hike or come up with a plan to go to a movie or have a dinner night with some girlfriends four times a year, like to decide that maybe you are the person to initiate because it's on your mind. And I know in one group of women friends that I have, we've been getting together for 30 years, believe it or not, maybe two times a year. One of the women is super amazing at coordinating everybody. And we kind of rely on her to do that because she's so good at it. She always comes up with something fun for us to do. And she's like the master organizer. And she takes on that role with pride. But, you know, it doesn't mean that the rest of us should just wait around. We can also step it up and lead. It's the same with relationships with like your mom, for example. It could even be like, I wish you would call more. Well, maybe you're the one who has to call or maybe you're the one who has to organize the dinner and have somebody over to your house. So it's really just deciding on what it is that you want, not relying on old habits and old patterns of thinking 
decide what it is that you want, and then you just make it happen. You decide that you're going to take it on. And it's a good thing because you're looking after your own needs and you're basically regret proofing your life. That's what I like to call it, doing everything you can possibly do to minimize the likelihood that you're going to have regrets. I think you're, you're leading us so well into the life coaching answer or what I say, like what gets in our way from implementing this solution and like taking charge and saying like, okay, this is what I want. So I'm going to go make it happen. I think what gets in our way is how we identify ourselves. So I, oh, expectations and how we identify ourselves. So I think one is one expectation I have that is definitely getting in my way is I expect uh, relationships to be equal and to be equally reciprocated. Like I invite you, then you invite me. <laughs> and I think that's going to get in our way. Cause like you're saying, it's perfectly okay for one person to do all the inviting. If the person says yes, that means they probably want to see you. If they say no, every time, maybe you can stop and wait for them to invite you. Right. But I think that one for me is definitely gets in my way. And then the other thing, thing I heard you saying was like how we identify ourselves. And I remember be, I have a high social need, but I was also very shy when I was younger. It was this weird contradiction. And so I would always just wait for other people to initiate friendships. And when I became a mom, I was so starved for adult conversation and interaction. I really had to let my identity of that person, that shy person go mm -hmm. and realize like no one's asking me to do anything and I'm going to go crazy if I don't start initiating. And so I just totally threw myself outside my comfort zone and started being the social organizer, the planner, the initiator and kind of took charge of it. And it was better than staying stuck in that old identity of like, oh, I don't do that. Exactly. Which is just a thought. And it's just a thought that you've been choosing to think about yourself that kind of made your world easier to navigate and gave you an out for decades. Mm -hmm. And we all um, can see that in ourselves when we start to look. And this is a great time of life to start to look. You know, the other thing I wanted to mention is also being intentional about relationships with these empty nest kids, because once they go, I had an assumption that the desire to communicate would be equal, speaking <laughs> equal. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> not so much. So <laughs> after a few weeks of not hearing from my kid, my firstborn, I had it ironed out by the second and third. I thought, okay, I wanted to give him space. You know, I didn't want to be that mom. I didn't want to be bugging him and stuff like that. But on the other hand, I was really feeling disrespected and, you know, I'm paying for everything. And I just thought, what's going on here? And so, you know, they always say you practice with your firstborn. So I actually had to have a discussion with him after I realized what was going on. I'm like, listen, dude, I have an expectation that we will communicate at least once a week. Like I don't have girls texting all the time. Right. So like, I want to hear from you once a week. I would like a phone call old school. We can do a <laughs> video call or something like that, but I would like to speak to you and having meaningful conversation once a week. And I think that's reasonable. Do you think that's reasonable? And he said, he agreed. Now, sometimes it didn't happen, but at least the foundation was there. The expectation was understood. And it also led to our family of five establishing a Facebook chat 
on Messenger that is always open. And, you know, I have to say, as there's so many positive and negatives about Facebook, one of the real positives for our family is that silly chat. Because sometimes it's just idle chit chat. Sometimes it's jokes. Sometimes it's a funny picture. And other times we're coordinating information. And sometimes it's really meaningful. Uh, but it's it's really useful to just keep the ongoing connection there. Yeah, which means I'm going to have to get comfortable with Snapchat if I <laughs> want to oh, do that. Yeah, I decided I didn't. I, I thought I'm good. You and Susie has three boys for those. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want Snapchat. I just could never figure it out. So I know, I know and that's where I'm like, that's how my daughter communicates. So I know, and I know that they, I know they don't want to use Facebook, but I do have it on under good advisement that they do use Messenger. So none of the kids seem to be using Facebook anymore, but they have it open just for the messenger chat. Interesting. <laughs> so I think today's super mom kryptonite, that secret energy drain that we might not know is making us tired is I want to talk about regret and how to prevent <laughs> regret. And as you say, regret proof your life. Talk to me about midlife regrets. Because a lot of times people around like this age, they think, well, I'm just stuck in my ways. You know, people don't change. I just am the way I am. So can you talk about what you see with your clients when it comes to regret proofing? Sure. Well, a lot of regrets come from not being intentional, but there are some categories that are pretty consistent uh, one of them is definitely not being open to doing what it is you actually want to do. So there's been a long time, usually 10 to 20 years, where we have put everybody else first. And we've been so busy putting other people first that we often don't even feel the lack of what it is that we want to do ourselves because we don't even think about what it is that we want to I do I say ourselves. that all the time to my super moms. It's like our kids stop asking us, like, what do you want, mom? What do you want to eat? What do you feel like doing today? When nobody else asks us that, we stop asking ourselves. Exactly. And it starts to feel normal to not even know. And like, I'll catch moms. I'll say like, oh, I'll ask them something like, you know, what do you want to blah, blah, blah. And they can tell me what their son wants, what their daughter wants, what their husband wants. But finding the answer to what they want is like, they have to dig <laughs> they have to excavate. Mm -hmm. But that's a really good example. That's really a basic, right? right? Of just not putting yourself first. So if it comes for other things, it's like, well, where do you want to go? And what do you want to learn? And what kind of hobby would you like? And what kind of food would you like in your fridge? <laughs> just like totally. everything, we can just get so disconnected from it. So there is definitely a regret of not, you know, really allowing yourself to be happy and living true to yourself, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. where you're just never up on the priority list and you just don't even know how to lean into that and decide that you are worthy. Your pleasure is worthy. It is okay to think about what you want and to want what you want. And spend I mean, money I, on yourself. <laughs> yes. And to spend a little bit of money on yourself. Some of that disposable income can go toward you. Yeah, no, I, I do see that a lot too with my clients who are scared of their kids moving out. They're nervous about that empty nest is often because, because if you have been listening to yourself all along, what do I want and what, what's exciting for me? And I can't wait to have more time so that I can create more of this and less of this. If you've been doing that all along, 
the kids going off to college is one step closer to you having like more time and energy and enthusiasm for all of your passions. If you stop doing that because the kids were the focus and, you know, we're, we're just prioritizing them, then it just feels like this kind of big, hollow, vast, empty space. <laughs> it, can, like, for sure. it just feels like loss, you know? And so I, I do think that checking in with yourself and, and learning to listen and what do I want and re- recognizing that what you want is so important and to value yourself and, you know, that that's really what's going to help you not just regret proof your life, but also make for a smoother emptiness to transition. Yeah. And when I think about regret proofing, I think about it in three overarching areas. So the first one we've just been talking about, which is self-care, really. So self-care, in my view, is not just getting a massage and getting your nails done. It's more about how do you want to show up? What do you want to weigh? How much do you want to exercise? Where do you want to travel to? What do you want to focus your time and energy on in terms of hobbies? Do you have a morning routine that you enjoy? Like, do you have what you need to become the woman that you want to be? That's one whole area. Another area is your your uh, professional contribution. So for some women, it's professional volunteering. For other women, it's some sort of a career or being an entrepreneur. But that's another huge area of regret if you're out of alignment with what's really important to you. Mm -hmm. And as we get older and we get a little more wiggle room with kids being older and needing us in different ways, needing us a little bit in a less demanding way sometimes, uh, then we see, whoa, there's a big gaping hole here of disconnect with what I stand for and what's important to me and what I'm doing for my formal contribution. And then the other area we talked about, it's relationships and not being Mm -hmm. intentional about our relationships and having regrets in that area. So that's how I look at it with my clients. And it's broad, but it's it helps you chunk things up and think through it a little bit and do everything you can so that you won't have regrets to really be intentional about living your life and thinking on purpose. Nice. And Susie, you have something that we could give to my listeners for the today's super mom power boost, something that's going to lift their energy. Tell me uh, where they can go uh, to get a little boost from Susie. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. So I have a free ebook that you guys can download. It's called nine secrets to get unstuck in your fifties. And here's a little secret. You don't need to be 50. (laughs) These are secrets that are really useful to just really get you unstuck and get you more connected with how you're thinking, how your thoughts are making you feel, and what you want to do on purpose in your life, and just to set you up for success in that regard. So you can just go and grab your copy of Nine Secrets at www.suzyrosenstein, S-U-Z-Y-R-O-S-E-N-S-T-E-I-N, suzyrosenstein.com forward slash nine secrets. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes along with awesome. to your wonderful podcast. And thank you so much for being here today. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.